But Matt, yep. you're so right. I think we have to get ready. It is going to be a mm -hmm. blitz. Like yeah. we, Indiana probably hasn't seen. Hundreds of millions of dollars yep. will be We're spent actually on this quite relevant. Show, you know? <laughs> Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Good morning, I'm Dan Spieler. This is the matchup here in Indiana, one of the most closely watched Senate races this midterm election year. And now we know it'll be former state rep Mike Braun up against Senator Joe Donnelly. Braun was at that rally with the president Thursday, two days after winning that Republican primary by double digits, beating two sitting members of Congress in the process. So what can we expect this fall? Matt Smith has more. The next United States Senator from Indiana, Mike Braun. The primary campaigning is done, but the race for U.S. Senate between Republican Mike Braun and Democratic Senator Joe Donnelly has really just begun. And Hoosier voters will be caught in the middle. We rank as one of the most exciting and most contentious races to watch. Mike Braun received a call from the president himself who told him we are going to campaign the dickens out of indiana and it might have been a different word in there so that was great donnelly is facing his first re-election bid i've never been afraid of a fight i'm the fifth of five in an irish family if you thought the tv ads flyers and arm twisting were bad now just wait indiana is very important uh, in the uh, battle for control of the u.s senate Donnelly is one of 10 Democratic senators facing re-election in states President Trump won. 2018 is really the first opportunity for most of the states to have a referendum on Trump. Recent polling shows as of March, 48% of Hoosiers approve of the president's job, down slightly from 55% in January. Voters, each candidate, are already looking to target. When the president's right, I'll be with him. When not, I'll try to uh, convince him of the other side. What he did in 16 was kind of an inspiration for me to do it. And, and I look forward to bring my own ideas and, and my own kind of entrepreneurialism to uh, Washington and work with him. All right, Dan, from Tuesday, really yeah. until now, Sunday morning, there have been so many phone calls, behind-the-scenes work in terms of Mike Brown getting fundraisers, getting They're national support yeah. behind him because this thing has already kicked off. No doubt. The Democrats working hard already as well, hoping to keep this seat in the Senate here in Indiana and nationally hoping to win back control of Congress this year. But some new polling numbers here out this week. Uh, show that that blue wave may not be such a sure thing. So you look at the midterms. Historically, right, president, party that's in control will lose some seats in the midterms. CNN does their generic ballot. This is the most recent one out from February. There was a 16-point lead for Democrats. You look at May, that's just a three-point lead yeah. within the margin of error. Of course, Democratic candidates are going to tell you Generics mean absolutely nothing. You have to look at the names, but still Democrats have to be concerned yeah. when you see that point drop. And obviously that race for Senate here in Indiana will be getting a lot of national attention. Yeah. As we mentioned, that Senate race brought the president and vice president to Elkhart Thursday as they try to bring Indiana Republicans together after this divisive primary. Our Trevor Shirley was there. Trevor? Well, it's really no surprise the president chose to come here just two days after the Indiana Senate primary wrapped up. The location and the timing sending a strong message as to just how important this Senate seat will be to the Republicans come the midterm elections. You could not have fit one more person inside Elkhart's Northside Gymnasium Thursday night. In fact, several hundred were left outside when the place hit capacity. Well, hello, Indiana! 
The raucous crowd roaring a Hoosier hello to one of its own, former Indiana governor and current Vice President Mike Pence. My fellow Hoosiers, I say with absolute confidence, jobs are coming back. But these 8,000 or so people weren't there to see the Veep, whose only job at this rally was to tee up the main attraction. I don't think we've ever done better as a country, certainly the economy and lots of other things. Look at all those beautiful red hats. Those beautiful red hats, lift them up. This was classic Trump in his element. For all the talk of showing up to shore up party unity after a blistering Senate primary, he was mostly there to give his political base the show it came to see. But here at home, the great news keeps rolling in 3.3 million new jobs since election. But it's really just one job that Republicans are eyeing, the one they desperately want this man to have. Mike Braun will be a great, great representative of the people of Indiana. On Tuesday, businessman outsider Mike Braun beat out Congressman Todd Rokita and Luke Messer in the Senate primary race, winning the chance to face off against incumbent Democratic Senator Joe Donnelly in November. And you can count on me to be a true reinforcement and the guy that is going to retire Joe Donnelly. Donnelly is seen as one of the most vulnerable Democrats in this year's midterm elections. Voters here seem to agree the president's performance helped to wrangle the party in line behind Braun after that bruising primary. I think it's given him a good base. I really do. I think it'll be, uh, it was a good feeling in there tonight. I think it uh, says a lot of his understanding how important the state of Indiana is. And it's likely both the president and the vice president will make another trip here before the midterm elections. Just going back to highlight how important Senator Donnelly's seat will be to the National Republican Party. Reporting in Elkhart, I'm Trevor Shirley for In Focus. All right, Trevor, thanks. And Matt, that theme of party unity, also something that you discussed recently with Congressman Jim Banks. Well, it was interesting to see who was there, who wasn't right. there uh, at, at this rally the other evening, who flew on Air Force Two, who flew on Air Force yeah. One. Congressman Banks was on Air Force Two with the vice president talking about this primary along with Congressman Rokita. Here's what he told us. It was a nasty primary, and I, I, um, I, I hated that. His message to us on the plane was, how important the race is to him personally. Um, it, it, it's important that the vice president uh, is, is a part of influencing this election to make sure that a Republican wins back a, a seat in a very Republican state in his home state. So he's involved, invested. I imagine we're going to see a lot of him between now and November. So he pointed out that on Air Force, Congressman Rokita, Congressman right. Messer was not at the rally Right. He's saying he's going to come around. We're all needing to come around for Republicans to win in November. And as he mentioned, too, uh, the vice president will be coming back. In yep. fact, he is coming back next week with Mike Braun. Banks, by the way, was uncontested in, yep. his, in his primary. He'll face Democrat Courtney Trich this fall. Matt, thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Some more results right now from the 4th Congressional District this past week. Mike Braun's brother, Steve Braun, came close but could not defeat another former state rep, Jim Baird, in the 4th District Republican primary. Baird will go up against Democrat Toby Beck in the fall, as long as nothing changes. More on that later. 6th District, the seat currently held by Luke Messer. It's the vice president's brother, Greg Pence, winning the Republican primary there with 65% of the vote. Pence has faced some criticism for largely staying away from the media. It's a very red district, so he's a heavy favorite in the fall when he'll face Democrat Janine Lee Lake. We spoke with them both on Tuesday night. First and foremost, I, uh, I think a, a congressman should provide uh, outstanding uh, constituent services and represent the district 
uh, out in Washington, D.C., and that's going to be my focus, okay? Uh, I don't have a problem supporting the Trump agenda. We're going to the people in the heartland, the hardworking Hoosiers that deserve more. They don't deserve a bond paid for a politician that goes to Washington, D.C. and basically just, uh, uh, you know, it works for the NRA or a special interest or lobbyists. People are tired of that. All right, let's look at some more of these matchups for the fall. In the 5th Congressional District, it'll be Republican Susan Brooks against Democrat Dee Thornton. In the 7th District, incumbent Democrat Andre Carson won his primary easily. He'll take on Republican Wayne Harmon in November. And in the 9th District, it's freshman Congressman Trey Hollingsworth up against Democrat Liz Watson, who won in the primary this past week. We've got all of the results right there for you on our website. Still ahead this Sunday in Focus, what's next for Luke Messer and Todd Rokita? We'll explore that question ahead, plus a special session at the State House and the Vice President in the news this week, calling for Special Counsel Robert Mueller to, quote, wrap it up, as Pence also faces some pretty scathing editorials. And you can always find more of our program on our podcast, In Focus, Trump, Pence, and the Week in Politics. It's available on iTunes, Android, and on SoundCloud. And as we go to break, more results from Tuesday's primary. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Time now to bring in our panel. Dr. Laura Wilson is a professor at the University of Indianapolis. Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016. And Christina Hale, a former state lawmaker on the ticket for the Democrats in 2016 as a candidate for lieutenant governor. Party unity after the primary. Did the president's visit help in that regard? And what about the, the runners up in this uh, Senate primary? Will they get behind Mike Braun? Well, I think they have to ultimately to be successful for Braun campaign against Donnelly in general. Um, it's a challenge because that was a bruising primary race and it was incredibly contentious. Uh, they have to forget all of that. And I think it's going to be a while. Those bruises don't heal instantly. But for the Republicans to really be competitive against Donnelly, it's a necessity. Todd Rokita was there. He was there. And I, I think yeah. it was great that the president acknowledged him and said some really kind words uh, about Todd. It was good that he was there. I'm not sure why Luke wasn't, but we'll find out, I suppose. I think there will be unity. Uh, going forward, and like Laura said, uh, we'll need it to win. Messer not being there, what does that tell you about unity and whether it exists already, and how do Democrats approach this now with that matchup set, Braun versus Donnelly in November? Well, I'd say where is the unity, too? You know, at the top, uh, not so much. But I think so many people were just so fatigued with the candidates, all three of them, and uh, the race generally, that... Um, they want to take some time to recharge their batteries, and I think it sets up Democrats incredibly well. You know, um, Joe Donnelly's been same old regular Joe, working hard all this time. He'll continue to, and he'll continue to do his job and um, let the noise begin. What happens next, uh, both for Todd Rokita and for Luke Messer? There was this interesting uh, article about Todd Rokita in the, in the Lafayette Journal Courier. Their columnist, Dave Bangert, spoke with Jim Baird, who won the 4th District primary. At first, Baird sort of left the door open to being willing to step aside for Rokita if Rokita wanted back in, into Congress. Uh, but then his campaign said, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, we have seen that kind of thing happen before, though. Uh, could it happen this year? A and what does the future hold for someone like Rokita, someone like Messer? Yeah, I can see his campaign guys saying no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't talked to Jim, and, and I haven't, I've, I've texted with Todd. We haven't had a, a chance to talk yet. I wanted to give him some time. Um, 
I can tell you one thing, I don't think he'll go be a lobbyist. He'll probably practice law and, and reevaluate. I think after all those years in Congress, which is a grind, uh, he's going to enjoy uh, spending more time with his family. Could you see Rokita or Messier on a ballot again one day, or in the in the Trump administration, perhaps? Absolutely. I could see both of them staying active. They've kind of become addicted to being important congressmen, so I think that it'll be difficult to step away. Now, as for Jim, I think he might have not been prepared for that question when he mm. received it, <laughs> and he's such a gracious man. I think he was just trying to be polite in his answer. And, um, you know, that I, there's any, any indication. No, I think he's got like every intention. Happen of running for Congress. It doesn't mean the question won't be asked right. by Todd Rokita, but I think the answer will be no. Well, two years ago, we had all kinds of things happen on the ballot, people leaving the ballot, coming on the ballot, so. Tell me about it, brother. Who knows? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you truly never know, but that said, Jim did win it, so I, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. And his son is on the ballot, too, running for his, own, his old seat. That's right, I, yeah, I think you're right. All right, we could have uh, a lot of interesting discussions about the, the fates and futures of people at that rally Thursday night. You also had A.G. Curtis Hill uh, at the podium a couple times. Some think maybe he's being uh, auditioned for a role in the Trump administration one day. He's a very dynamic uh, office holder, very, a very uh, uh, personable uh, guy, and he's got ambitions. Um, I'm not sure what those will be, but, but if something's offered, I'm sure he'd look at it. You think uh, perhaps we could see more Hoosiers serving I'm, in Washington? Oh, I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he did move into office and start driving a van with his big picture on it. This guy <laughs> wants to go places, certainly. And um, he's also very direct. I see him fitting in culturally with the Trump administration. You know, he doesn't hide his feelings about anything, and he doesn't mind being loud, proud, and out there on the Twitters also. He's been very ambitious. I mean, how often do you really hear that much from a state attorney general? And it's been very clear in his tenure that he really takes his position and seriously. weighing in on a lot of national issues as yeah. well, just as Governor, then Governor Pence did uh, in his time here in Indiana. Let's talk about the vice president right now. Uh, it seemed like he got a lot of uh, negative press this week. There was that scathing George Will column. Uh, others in the media suggesting he's going too far in his, his praise of the president. This week he said special counsel Robert Mueller needed to, quote, wrap it up, called the avalanche of uh, Michael Cohen news this week a, a private matter. What do you make of some of the negative press for the VP this past week as the, as the president, despite all of the headlines out there, the Cohen headlines and everything else, did enjoy at times a better week than most in terms of the news cycle. I think so. I think a lot of Hoosiers were pulling out their dictionaries when they read that George Will article. <laughs> you know, I always learned something from him in that way myself, but um, it had to hurt. You know, it had to cut to the quick, and he was extremely forthright and direct, and I think um, Mike Pence has not, uh, he might be remembering what it felt like here in Indiana when things were not going so well for him, but it's been some time since um, that light of, of negativity has been shining upon him. It was a pretty scathing column. It was, and in addition to just being critical, it gave him a lot of credit, uh, some that maybe do, some not, uh, for being a vice president. You know, I know when he was initially selected for the Trump ticket, we talked about whether or not he'd be more of a Dick Cheney or a Joe Biden and how active he'd be involved. According to George Will, he seems to be very involved and he's taking a lot of the blame in this regard. That being said, George Will, someone you would probably categorize as a never-Trumper on the conservative side, but what does it say about um, conservatives and maybe establishment conservatives that had always been uh, fans of someone like Mike Pence. Uh, what, what do you take from some of this? Well, the, this is the elite establishment at its worst. George Will's been doing this since Trump was elected and before uh, attacking the president, and now he's turned uh, towards attacking the vice president. The vice president's doing exactly what he should. Uh, he's a partner with the president. Uh, this president's been under attack uh, continuously. 
he's, he's right to call for the Mueller probe to end. Actually, Todd Rokita, about a week or so ago, uh, uh, initiated a, a congressional um, resolution to do the same thing, to give uh, Mueller 30 days to show his cards or fold his cards. So that is growing. More and more Republicans are, are, are calling for an end to this unless there's evidence. All right. In the meantime, Indiana's current governor, Eric Holcomb, is back in the Hoosier State this weekend after wrapping up a trade mission to Israel. Some photos here that the governor uh, posted on Twitter of that trip. And tomorrow at the State House, lawmakers return to work for a brief special session ordered by the governor. They're hoping to wrap up some issues like school safety that they didn't finish earlier this year, hoping to get it all done in a day. But Democrats claim there's more happening here than meets the eye. Specifically, State Rep Ed Delaney says he's concerned about a bill dealing with college savings accounts and the possibility of using them for private K-12 tuition. Delaney says it's an issue that's being tossed in without much of any discussion. He says, quote, if this is an example of the kind of transparency the House Speaker is talking about, I'd suggest that Monday's special session isn't going to be very transparent or special for that matter if this is the kind of thing we're going to be voting on. He says what other horrors are in these bills waiting for the kind of discovery that comes when the barn door is closed and the horse is wandering into the next County, Christina, you, you served in the legislature. Your, your thoughts on this special session this week? I think it is made for particular purposes to fix things if there was a mistake. And we should not be pushing through really comprehensive policy change in a special session when lawmakers don't have the opportunity to do their homework or even read the bills. I mean, changes can happen up until the last minute. And somebody should be reading this and studying it and taking it seriously for, for what it is. And, you know, when it comes to education, I always say follow the money and who is making money. And if you're taking what's intended to be higher ed, credentialing people and pushing toward K-12 with some of the new privatization um, of public education, uh, caution flag is waving. Can the legislature get this all done in one day and will there be some controversy here? I hope so and there might be controversy. Um, you hope they can get it done in one day. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Not you I, hope there's controversy. Yeah. Well, there's bound to be <laughs> there's controversy. There's bound to be controversy. Yeah, right? that's unfortunate, but, but let's hope they can. Uh, Laura, this is one of those situations uh, where the governor said, you guys have to come back to work and didn't get everything done in the, in the short session. Come on back. And as Tony said, always bound to be controversy. Oh, without a doubt. Like and this. to echo Christina's point, I mean, they have one day to resolve a number of issues, that things they weren't able to get through the, the regular session, um, but being able to complete it in a day seems like a very arduous task. Some fallen officers from Indiana will be recognized this week in the nation's capital. We'll explain after the break. Well, today marks the start of National Police Week in Washington, D.C., and sadly, we've seen multiple members of the law enforcement community lose their life in the Hoosier State this past year, including an incident in Terre Haute just last week. Many Hoosier storylines this week there in D.C. as Lieutenant Aaron Allen is remembered in the nation's capital. We've got a crew there in Washington, D.C. all week long, so watch for more right here and on next week's edition of In Focus. Also today, a lot of reaction to the Merit Board's decision to clear two IMPD officers of all the violations they were facing in Aaron Bailey's shooting death. The officers will get to keep their jobs despite the mayor and police chief's recommendation they be fired. 
The news brought this statement from Congressman Andre Carson, who said, quote, I'm very disappointed in the judgment handed down by the Indianapolis Civilian Police Merit Board that leaves Aaron Bailey's family searching for justice. No unarmed citizen should die at the hands of the police. Carson went on to say it's time for Congress to finally act on this issue. We're back to wrap things up right after this. Hey, happy Mother's Day to everybody, but also a, a quick happy birthday to everybody here on our panel. I love the, the applause here because this past week we celebrated three years of In Focus, right? So on our website, we've actually compiled a list of 15 news-making moments from our program since 2015 when we debuted here on Fox 59 and CBS 4. No doubt there's been a lot of news to discuss uh, these last three years. We're going to wrap up this edition of In Focus with this week's winners and losers and uh, many people to choose from, uh, of course, after the May primary. Laura, yes. who do you got? So my winner's going to be Joe Donnelly. First race to be called very easy. He's competing against Mike Braun, who came out of a really bruising primary, and Joe Donnelly's been able to relax. I wouldn't agree with the president's characterization that he's sleepy Joe, but he's definitely relaxed Joe, and he's going to have a really difficult general election. My loser is turnout for voters. We yeah. have 15.6% in Marion County. You can round it up to 16%. It's still really Not bad. Not very good. Tony. I agree with that on the loser. Um, Winner, President Trump, for bringing home those three hostages. Also, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo doing a great job. Uh, also, President Trump for uh, 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 rolling out a plan to lower drug prices by innovation and, and uh, uh, competition and, and looking at Medicare Part B and uh, Part D. Uh, also, I want to say my mom, she was a big help to me through anything I was doing politically yeah. and, and, and is still, and also during the Trump uh, campaign. So happy, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Christina. Well, I would like to make mothers our winners, but in Indiana, infant mortality, maternal mortality, some of the highest rates in the nation. And I just have a personal plea too. Um, happy Mother's Day to all mothers out there. And if you are estranged from your children or mom, please take this day to reach out and hand a piece. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, to my wife, to both of you, Thanks. and to everyone out there watching today. We hope you have a great Mother's Day, and we'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. All right, hanging out after the show, Matt Smith back with us. Hello. Dr. Laura Wilson, Christina Hale, um, Tony Samuel had to, had to take off. You know, it takes a little extra time to do the podcast. So it does. You can't stay every week, right? <laughs> but um, certainly a lot of lingering discussion about this May primary, right? And uh, Matt, you had a, a conversation with Congressman Jim Banks on, on Friday about just where the Republican Party is in Indiana right now after this very, very divisive primary. So it, when the president comes into town, it's always interesting to see who is on Air Force One, right? When Air Force Two is in tow, it's always interesting mm -hmm. to see who is on Air Force Two. That can kind of tell you a lot about where the administration is, right? A couple of months ago, it was right, probably Senator Donnelly was on Air he Force was. One. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, not this time. We may not uh, be seeing that. No, <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was Senator Young, uh, Jackie Walorski as well. Air Force Two, where the vice president was, you had Congressman Todd Rokita two days after losing this primary. Everybody you also wanted had, him to be there. And, and there he was. Yeah. You also had Congressman Jim Banks, his first time, he said, on Air Force Two. So that in and of itself was cool. But there were these moments where you basically you had a group of Indiana Republicans behind closed doors talking about what happened 
48 hours ago, and Congressman Banks told us in our discussions that, yeah, the vice president did talk about this. We talked about family, we talked about Indiana, but of course we also talked about the primary, and he committed to them along on Air Force Two that he's going to be personally campaigning, that this race is so critical to get a Republican in that the vice president is going to be back in his home state a lot campaigning against Joe Donnelly. And he'll be here next week as well with yeah. Mike Broad. So how do Democrats approach that situation where you've got a lot of star power coming in, the president coming in this past Thursday, the vice president will be here a lot. Uh, how, how much of a disadvantage is that uh, for Joe Donnelly to be dealing with that uh, on the regular? And I wonder, too, about President Trump certainly has a lot of positives um, here. Uh, Vice President Pence, it still is kind of a mixed bag. There are a lot of those Luger Republicans that just haven't quite made up their mind about him. Now, I think a lot of people forgive him now that he's vice president, but a lot of people don't, and they still remember well, we talked about that George other... Will column, too. And, you know, exactly. There are some establishment Republicans right now on, on, on Pence. Well, I feel as though the Indiana Republican Party is like a great big lemon shakeup. And I wonder, too, about um, the impact of all these people who have been standing in line for various positions for a lot of years. You know, they've signed up to run for governor. They signed up to run for Congress. If anybody said Jim Baird might be a Republican congressman, mm -hmm. I think they might have fallen out of their or chair. Or a few months back, <laughs> Mike right. Braun in the yeah, Senate. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or, or Greg Pence. They, it just It is let alone Vice President Pence or, you know, Eric Holcomb as governor. I mean, it is not impossible that had Sue Elsperman stayed in her uh, position as lieutenant governor, she'd be our first sitting uh, Hoosier woman governor. Um, but that didn't happen. So, um, you know, we have the Brian Bosmas and um, a lot of people stepping down, moving around, and um, coalitions changing, well, deals getting blown up. Yeah, and I also think that the, the past few years, if anything, have taught us that uh, voters don't necessarily like when that sort of a, a, a pecking order is put in front of them, and this is who this is who's stepping up to take this role. It kind of seems like in the Republican Party yeah. right now, especially outsiders like Mike Braun or anyone who's coming from outside that political establishment has been pretty attractive to voters. They've done very well. And I think the success that Mike Braun had Tuesday night kind of points to the fact that um, I know a lot of us in, in academia, political science discipline, we're looking and saying, well, was it just a flash in the pan with Donald Trump and being that outsider strategy? And clearly, that's not just the case. I think you could look at Trey Hollingsworth in the 9th Congressional District, his race in 2016, obviously the president's race in 2016, now potentially Mike Braun competing against Donnelly in November. But with all these, you have someone who's an outsider, who's you know, a business person, who has a lot of self-finance, so they don't have to work yeah. on, on campaigning. But that sort of thing much. doesn't apply everywhere. I mean, you look at the 6th District, where Greg Pence won his primary easily, and Luke Messer won in that part of the state. You have true. pockets of the right. state mm -hmm. that true. are Absolutely. tried and true. Uh, they vote how loyal Republicans of the state yeah. traditionally do. And the funny thing, Laura, about the self-financing, I, I talked to Braun about that the day after winning, and Which hey. Braun? Uh, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Correct. Good, yeah, good question, right? So he put up, what, almost six million of his own dollars right. to run in the primary, and I said, can you sustain that? Are you going to do this yourself? And, you know, in a roundabout way, he basically said, no, this is the time where nationally I reach out and I know he's been sure. doing that the last couple of days on the phone, getting these big donors now in to help finance. And now he doesn't have to. Right. He had to win the primary. Now he has. He should have the party's backing and everyone else wants to see this sweet seat flip ultimately. Although we will see toward the end, you know, where the money moves. I think you made the point on Tuesday night, Dan, that you know once you see the the money start shifting, then you know where the polls are and and if we're mm -hmm. at play truly or not. 
Well, there'll certainly be a lot to talk about in the weeks and months to come, right? Any, anything from this past week's primary uh, give you any tea leaves, any indication of what kind of a year it, it, it might be in politics? It's just so hard to guess this far out. It always is, but I, one can only speculate it's going to continue to be crazy. I think this was a pretty exciting primary, especially for congressional off midterm, and I wouldn't expect anything different for the general. And, and I think from what we saw in West Virginia on the same night as our primary, yeah. with those results, I think Indiana is going to have a much larger spotlight than if Don Blankenship would have won. All of the national yeah. oxygen would, would have been, been there. there. Right. A lot of it's coming here now. But Matt, yep. you're so right. I think we have to get ready. It is going to be a mm -hmm. blitz. Like yeah. we, Indiana probably hasn't seen. Hundreds of millions of dollars yep. will be We're spent actually on quite relevant. Race, so you know? <laughs> we are again, as, as we have been the last couple of years. Guys, thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day thank to you, you both. Yes. And we'll see you again next week right here in Focus.